This is the Hockey News Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Hockey News Podcast. I'm Stephen Ellis. Joining me as always is Ryan Kenny. Ryan, how you doing? Doing great. How about you? Good. It's been a busy few weeks. It has. We're finally back from, well, I shouldn't say finally, we've been back for a few days from the NHL draft in Montreal. I loved it. That was so much fun. It was. And hey, what did we say last week? The chance for chaos was high. I, didn't think I had so. it at an eight. I might have, I might have understated it. I, I think that was at least a nine on the chaos scale. So... We had Shane Wright on the cover, and yep. Shane Wright is someone that I think everyone kind of expected to go first overall. And I know we were talk- there, there was some talk when we put in the cover together. I was like, oh, is there a chance Slavkovsky? He's like, I don't think anyone believed it, but mm-hmm. then it happened. Yep. And wow, Slavkovsky going first overall. A mixed reaction from the crowd. I do think the Montreal Canadiens are going to be pretty excited about the player they got, uh, especially Certainly. when fans realize how good he is. Yep. Big guy. Uh, he could play a really like, strong game. Now I almost want them to pick Dalibor Dvorsky next year. Oh, because they're friends. That's true. And Philip Meshar, they're friends also too. And you probably saw the, the well, you definitely saw the video of the three Slovakian players Indeed. all hugging. That was really cool. A THN exclusive. Yes. Uh, sure. So that was pretty cool. And uh, I'd say it was again, it was nice to have the draft in person. Um, yeah. And that was a good crowd to be there. Like, like sure. if you're going to have it a return, yeah, that's a good place to have it. Definitely. And you know, it's funny now because the pressure is more on Kirby Duck. Oh yeah, uh, who was acquired by Montreal as a center and obviously a player that is going to uh, be up there on a scoring line. You know, you figure Doc on one line, Nick Suzuki on the other line. Uh, can Doc step up to the plate yep. and help Montreal uh, since they did not take a center in Shane Wright? So uh, very interesting how the dominoes fell on that first day and, and just the surprising deals like Alexander Romanoff going to the Islanders, Alex Dabrinka going to Ottawa. So, yeah, just a lot, and it was a great crowd, and it was a great just sort of uh, setup where you had all these uh, wild moves happening, and it was almost like being at, like, a wrestling match where it was just shock and gasps and cheers, and, you know, at one point Slavkovsky was doing uh, a TV interview uh, up in the stands so he went through the stands to get to there and he was high-fiving everyone the crowd was loving him some guy actually had a Slavkovsky uh jersey Whoa, that did not know yeah that's yeah, cool he had a name he had a name uh played on it so uh yeah just tons of fun and yeah great to be back and, and the one thing i don't think people really knew i posted a video on my tiktok but uh basically like kind of the behind the scenes of where the players are when they get drafted and you'll see a lot of guys embracing each other a lot of people really happy yeah because a lot of these guys even very different countries have known each other for a long time. Like mm-hmm. Marashinchenko got drafted, a lot of players went over to him and said, "Like, hey, man, this is awesome." Like yeah. the players that he played against have different levels, may have had rivalries with. That was really cool, and, and just kind of seeing the reaction to these players. And uh, I kind of felt bad for some of the guys who got drafted later in the draft because it's like the media stopped like kind of following around. So they're right. like, the greatest moment of my life, and like everyone, he's just sitting there by themselves. But it's like, yeah. you know what? They just got drafted to the NHL. Exactly. And that's they what got Shane, the Wright, Shane Wright said that. He's like, you know what? I didn't go first overall, but I got drafted to an NHL team. And he's got a chance to become Seattle's first real superstar player. Well, maybe yeah. it's not a superstar. Maybe a bit of a stretch. He was the first star. There you go. We'll see. That'll be a talk for a different day because there's like no time in between all these things. It's not like a final and then the draft and yeah. now free agency. It's that's nonstop right. news, which you love hockey. This is great because, you know, we're not watching hockey, but we're still following what's going on. It's a bit of chaos, but... Again, it makes it for interesting times. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the top 
UFAs. Uh, got a list on hockeynews.com, top 30 UFAs, uh, some honorable mentions. We'll have more content kind of looking at some other guys that may not make the list. Uh, not a good year for goalies, as we already know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going to talk about five players to start uh, that we th- kind of what we think could happen to them, where they might go. And I think the number one guy we got to start with is Johnny Ujo this year. Yep. like big name free agent. A guy the Calgary Flames would obviously want to keep. But he's, his name's been linked to a ton of different places. There was even pictures of him at a Flyers practice <laughs> wearing Flyers uniform. It's like, well, the, the, I think it was like the day after the Flames season ends. Like, that's not possible. But no. why would the Flyers be practicing in whatever time? Yeah. Um, what do you think he does? I think he stays. I think okay. that this is a situation where, I mean, Calgary, Jacob Markstrom had a, a bad week, essentially, and... They lost to Edmonton in the playoffs, but this was a Flames team that looked really solid pretty much all season long. Mm-hmm. They had all the tools. Goudreau was, I mean, heart caliber. Mm-hmm. Let's face it, he got a bunch of votes, maybe not necessarily a bunch of first place votes, mm-hmm. but he was in the mix for sure. And, you know, they're, they're not losing a lot of players. They don't have to lose a lot of players. They have a decent amount of cap space left. They could certainly make it happen. Now, the other X factor is that Matthew Kachuk is an RFA, and they need to re-sign him. So if I'm a Flames fan and I'm hoping everything falls into place, I wonder if the solution is that Kachuk signs like a one-year sort of, I'll call it a bridge deal, even though it's only for one year, um, at a decent rate. knowing that Milan Lucic comes off the books next summer. And then Kachuk signs his long-term deal. Gaudreau, obviously, he's going to want to cash in. It's going to be probably his last big contract, and Mm -hmm. the Flames can obviously offer him um, a lot of term and quite a bit of of money as well. Can he get – do you give him 10? I mean, maybe – do you, do you hope that he'll say nine will do it because I want to win a cup and I want to make sure that we can get Kachuk back in the fold? It's going to take a lot of machinations here uh, to make everybody happy and to make everybody whole at the end. But to me, the opportunity is there in Calgary. And there's not a lot of other situations Goudreau could go to that would give him that chance to be a Stanley Cup contender right away. Yeah. And get a lot of money. Because you did pick them to win the Stanley Cup. And this is a team that still probably can run for next year. And you look yeah. at it, you, you mentioned Jacob Markstrom had a bad week. That's, to a point, that's kind of how that boils down. He, yeah. The goaltending hurt this team. They led, like, game two. They almost were at a 2 2-0 series lead at one point. Mm. And everything kind of fell apart from there. If Markstrom goes and plays kind of like what we expect he could and what he could do during the season when he was a Vesna finalist, uh, I think the Flames would talk about... They're they're giving Calgary or the Colorado Avalanche a fight for their money in the third round, and yeah. maybe Colorado doesn't have a super easy run there. Mm-hmm. So the Flames they're going to try to do whatever it takes to make this group work, and it's like kind of like with Tampa Bay um, or Florida, I should say, Mason Marchman, uh, a guy who had this great season and went like like off of an eight hundred thousand dollars salary, and now he's going to be worth a bit of money. He's an almost fifty point guy, Indeed. assuming that ends up being the case. He will. Like that in the season, that's a benefit. That's awesome. And then in the off season, when you're up against the cap, it's like, uh oh, we can't afford you. Maybe like, yeah. uh oh, like we don't want you to go. And that's something where with Calgary, you 
almost Andrew Mangiapane is kind of like the, the guy for this this team this year. Plays really good. Like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe he makes Canada's Olympic team as like a discussion at one point. Mm-hmm. Didn't end up being like the super high scoring guy in the, in the playoffs. But um, when you're looking at this, Calgary needs to do whatever it takes to make sure Gujo's there. And if that means Kachuk saying, just give us the most friendly deal you can get for one year and then we'll go out from there. Yeah. That could be the situation they kind of have to do. But that's not easy. And not. that's of what the flames are. If if Gujo doesn't say in Calgary, where does he go? Wow, it's you know it's tough to find spots that that have that kind of cap space because we know obviously you mentioned the Flyers, but I mean they're pretty much capped out. So I think you're looking like pretty far down the line in terms of contenders. It's it's tough to think. I mean, <laughs> would he go to Edmonton? Uh, that I would. would be, th- that would be hilarious. That would be a huge heel turn in the Battle of Alberta. Um, yeah, it's 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 hard to think of a scenario where he can find another contender that could afford his hit. I I guess unless Pittsburgh walks away from Malkin and he goes there, uh, maybe takes a bit of a discount to make the money work, but probably wouldn't have to be that much. But you know, Goudreau and Crosby, that's kind of fun. That would, especially if Malkin's not there. Yeah. So uh, we will talk about Malcolm later. Mm. All right, Nazem Kadri. And this is one where explosive season. Obviously, we know how, how much of an impact he had during the regular season. Mm. He was a, maybe a con Smythe candidate before he got injured in the in the. Yeah, I would say playoffs. so. He was playing so good for this team, scoring big goals. Obviously, everything kind of going off the ice, goes and scores a hat trick the next game. That was pretty cool. What do you think happens there? Well, it feels like there's a lot of momentum towards Kadri and D- Detroit. Mm-hmm. And I do like this fit a lot. Now, the first thing to keep in mind is Kadri was, him and his family are from London, Ontario, which is only about like a, what, two-hour drive yeah, to Detroit? Yeah. Uh, it seems longer because there's like nothing on that highway, but, uh, but I digress. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you look at the Red Wings. They have a lot of young talent, you know, um, but they're not really deep at center outside of Dylan Larkin. Mm-hmm. But if you had Dylan Larkin and Nazem Kadri as your top two centers, and then maybe Michael Rasmussen is your third center, he's, I think that's kind of like his best case scenario, assuming he, uh, you know, can win that job. Then, you know, you've got Lucas Raymond on the wing. Um, you know, you've got Mort Sider on the back end. You've got a lot of young talent coming up. I think the fact that Kadri has his cup now mm-hmm. really changes the dynamic. He could certainly go back to Colorado. Yes. If they make wouldn't, it work, yeah. Yeah, if they can make it work, wouldn't fault him whatsoever. Why not, right? Um, but he's now in a position where he can get paid, and obviously Detroit can pay him whatever he wants, really, mm-hmm. uh, cap-wise. And, you know, he can kind of, if he wanted to, he can kind of move into a new phase of his career where he is going to mentor younger players. And if he can do it close to home, that seems like a pretty good fit. So I think Detroit, um, you know, I I feel like some folks have mentioned, you know, could the Islanders do it? Well, that's what I was going to say. How much Uh, fun would that be? Yeah. Because just just thinking about the Toronto stole... Tavares. <laughs> and then if they end up taking one of the pieces the Leafs kind of gave away, it would be right. kind of funny. That would be, yeah. But for me, I think Colorado and Detroit are kind of the two top candidates, but you can you can talk with the Islanders. Well, we'll see the Islanders just looking at the cap space here. They've they've got quite a bit to work with. They've got uh, about $11 million cap space. 
Um, and the only players they have to really sign are, if I can see, Noah Dobson and Alex Romanoff. Yeah. So Romanoff probably isn't going to be that expensive. I would almost expect that to be a short-term deal because – I'd go bridge with him. Yeah, because yeah. he's he's a good player that hasn't really hit it yet. Yeah. And he's got an opportunity to do that in the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of unrestricted free agents, they got Chara and Green. Okay, whatever. Yeah, um, they're gone. Jara's 45 and Green's 39. Yeah. There's, they are what they are. Um, but then you got, like, Varlamov. He's in the trade market rumors. Uh-huh. So they would have to figure out their backup goalie situation. But Kadri, again, we, we talked about the Islanders. This is a team that we – like, this is not a team that if everything was good and healthy this year, like, they would have made the playoffs. They were not going to be where they finished. Maybe, yeah. I mean, they had that bad start, and they were on the road quite a bit while they – Waited for their arena to be finished. So definitely factors. I'm there. sure we picked them as like a top like four top. Five oh, we certainly did. So so like yeah. like we still think this group should still be good. Yeah, but that was also under Barry Trotz. Uh, they have a new coach now in Lane Lambert, and it's it's going to be fascinating to see um, how the Islanders come together uh, in the fall. Because I mean, part of me wonders, you know. Even though Lane Lambert was already there on the bench, yeah. you know he's going to have to put his own stamp on things. And clearly, whatever they were doing last year did not work. No. Um, and clearly, there was some reason that Lamorello did not believe that Trotz would be the right coach going forward. So you have to assume there's going to be some sort of either structural difference with the team or just sort of like teaching philosophy. And that might take a bit of time to really take hold, uh, which is what we saw with Colorado. Uh, I don't think the Islanders are necessarily going to be as bad as that first Colorado team, but they are in a tough division. So, yeah, to me, very interesting. And it, and it, it feels like they want to keep Varlamov. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I think that's the right choice. Yeah. And then worst case, you dream on the deadline if you really need to. Yep. Um, I like that combination of him and Sorokin. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Kadri is going to be an interesting guy this year where, you know, I believe he's 31. Sounds sure. right. He's, he's in his 30s. So you, you do run the risk if you sign him to a long-term deal, the end of that contract could yeah. suck. But you're going to get a couple good years of him, assuming he can play kind of what he did in Colorado. And there's always this thing like, okay, like his numbers exploded this year mm-hmm. with, with a good team and playing with good linemates. If he's not playing with super quality linemates, it's yeah. not going to change. Yeah, I think you, you'd have to ding him, a, you know, like he's probably more like a 70-point guy next year. Uh, that's good still. But that's that's still very good. And, again, you know, you get leadership. Uh, you get physicality. Draws penalties very well. He draws penalties, yeah, one of the best in the league at that. So, I mean, you get a lot of different benefits from Nazem Kadri. It is funny that a guy who draws so many penalties is also – Get, has had a history of suspensions. It's true. But it's, he plays on the edge. And that's that's right. why teams like play, having him on their team. Yeah. He's a great player. Yeah. Teammates seem to love him. He won the Stanley Cup. There you go. Uh, he was a key pe- part of that, even though he barely could grip a stick at the end. But right. it is what it is. Claude Giroux, I know we've talked about him before uh, as a guy who's like, okay, Ottawa seems to be the team that's linked to him. Mm. We've heard Montreal, we've heard Winnipeg, the half of the, the Canadian teams in the league. Where do you think Claude Giroux actually ends up? Yeah, see, initially, you know, when we talked about this the last time, I thought, yeah, maybe Florida can run it back with him, but they have no cap space They right They now. can't. Yeah, they, they can't do it unless they made some major uh, roster surgery. So, you know, there's, there's talk about him going to Edmonton if the Oilers do not uh, come back on Evander Kane. And, you know, the interesting thing about Giroux and Edmonton is then you get two high-end players – that can play either center or wing, the other being obviously Leon Dreisaitl. 
So, you know, obviously Connor McDavid is your number one franchise center. You know, Leon Dreisaitl would be the franchise center on many other teams. Uh, but now, if you had Giroux, then you could put Dreisaitl, mm-hmm. you know, with McDavid all the time. Mm-hmm. Giroux could have his own second line, uh, and that would maybe spread out the scoring a bit more. Obviously, this is all sort of speculating, and it is the summer, but I, I, I can understand the fit there. And, uh, and and the Oilers, you know, they do have some cap space to make it happen. Also circling back to Ottawa, now that they have Dabrinkit, it might be a little more appealing for Giroux. Now, you know, we don't expect Ottawa to contend for the Stanley Cup next year. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the next couple of years, would they be a playoff team? I think it's possible, depending on if they get goaltending, if they shore mm-hmm. up their defense a little more. But, you know, again, if you're looking at possible lineies, Giroux, Brady Kachuk, mm-hmm. Alex Debrinkit. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty hot top That's line. That's a very good top line. Right? You got your, you know, you got your sniper in Debrinkit, you've got your power forward in Kachuk, and you've got your center in Claude Giroux uh, that can distribute and score. I mean, that's kind of fun. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I wouldn't hate that no. if I was an Ottawa fan. So, you know what? I mean, maybe the door is sort of back open for the Senators to pursue him and say, look, like we feel like we're closer to being a playoff team than maybe other people expect. One wild card, Nashville. Mm-hmm. A team that went out and got Ron McDonough. They kept Philip Forsberg around yep. long term. And they've got approximately at this point uh, $9.6 million cap space. In terms of free agents to sign, Nick Cousins, Mm-hmm. Yakov Trenin, Matt Luff, John Leonard, Matthew Benning, and Ben Harper. So, mm. not a John Leonard, they'll, they'll keep. Yeah. Um, the rest, so, so, whatever happens there. Yeah. You're looking at maybe from the minimum to a million dollars. Maybe some of those guys are even two way contracts at this point. Yeah. yeah. So, they could afford Giroux. It's depending possible. what Giroux's asking price is. Yes. And that's the key factor. If he only wants, you know, six or seven, then. You could probably slide him in there. If he wants eight, then it's probably not going to happen. This is not based off of any rumors. This is my thinking of like, okay, Nashville still thinks they've got a shot here. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, didn't exactly have a chance against Colorado Avalanche. Right. Uh, But they also did another starting goalie. Yeah. And that definitely, could they have won a game or two in that? Maybe. I think so. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was going to be a sweep if if they had Soros. But you throw in a guy like Giroux, and then you've got a truly legitimate top six, like where you love that offense. And that's totally. something where Nashville has never been super good at that. Yeah. And that would be something where, okay, Giroux goes there. You throw him in with, with Forsberg, throw him in Duchesne. I don't have a lineup list here, but it's like you throw <laughs> it there. And it's like, yeah, there's something there. It's something there. It, it's just like, they got to have him for the right price. And I feel like almost if he's going there because he's one of the higher value pro, uh, free agents, mm-hmm. he's going to have to almost take a, a pay cut for it to work. Yeah. But it's like, he, he's also 34. Like, how and many maybe more you give it to Maybe you give it back to him in term. See, because that's the thing I'm worried about Ottawa. It's like, yeah, what you do, yeah, give him in term. But if, you, if the thing about Ottawa, it's like, you know what? They can make that work. Yeah. But is he going to, does he really want to win the Stanley Cup here? Is that where Ottawa's going to do it? They, mm-hmm. they they might get time for the playoffs next couple of years. Are they going to be ready to make that next step? Yeah. They still got to think about what the goaltending situations could be long term. Certainly. Uh, they still got to worry about a couple other things there. He had made that team so much better, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like, would he be wasting years away? Yes, it's a totally fair question. And if he signs a short-term deal, 36, 37, how valuable is he? Yeah. 
So there's a, there's a few risks there, and I think almost like he wants to be somewhere he can contend for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Problem is teams that have a lot of the, the teams that are true contenders don't have a lot of cap space. Yeah, and so that's why Edmonton makes a lot of sense because obviously got to the conference final. Yes, they've got guys that can that he can play with. And Evander Kane. Now the question is, what happens with him? Because he might be. It sounds like he got a. I believe the last report I saw said a four year potential offer from the Oilers. Mm. We'll see how much he makes, but Indeed. he's not on our list today. No. Let's talk about John Klingberg. Yes, and a guy that he hasn't really been the guy that he was earlier in his career when he put up some really good numbers and got a, a solid contract. Someone the Dallas Stars would obviously not want to get rid of, but it's, it's going to be tough. Where does he go? Well, you know, I think Seattle is an interesting spot for him. Uh, you know, Jamie Alexiak. Is okay, there. before you talk about Seattle, is this something where you project Seattle to take things to another? Like, like they're going to start taking this a bit more seriously, put together a more competitive team. I well, I think that they want to, you know, they want to be more competitive. Yeah. And a guy like Klingberg helps. Uh, I don't think they're a playoff team next year. No, I think no, no. I think their job this year is to support the development of Maddie Beneers and Shane Wright, and you know, just sort of tighten up all over the place. And you know, they were very weak down the middle uh, last year. Beneers and Wright, as young as they are, they will help. You know, it might not be this coming season where they really you know find themselves in the nhl because they're still teenagers uh but you can sort of set the table for a couple years down the line Mm -hmm. so you bring in klingberg and you know a good defense core can make up for you know some mistakes up front and i think that you know that familiar familiarity he has with jamie alexiak uh you know i'm sure he knows adam larson from swedish national teams um, Seattle obviously has the cap space. They they need to bring in some bodies, and you know they they traded Giordano at the deadline last mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. so they could use another puck mover. And Klingberg can certainly do that. So I think that's a good spot for him. I'm also kind of curious, uh, you know, about Carolina, a team that that's has, what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah a, a pretty good defense core, but they you know they just dealt Anthony D'Angelo, so there's a puck mover that you've lost there. So that's an interesting one. I do like that one a lot. Because you got Slavin, you got Beche, you got Petchy. You got some good guys there. You don't know if Ethan Bear is going to be back next year. No. Nope. Ian Cole. Don't know. He's, he's 33. Yeah. Probably not going to be a lot of money. Maybe you bring him back. Who knows? Um, but you bring him there. Yeah. They got a good core and you bring him in. Okay. Colorado. Carolina is a team that you really think is going to be here for a while and going to be competitive mm-hmm. for a few years. And that's a good piece. Yeah. So I personally do like that piece there. Um, but. It's almost too bad he can't get into Dallas because he was a key piece of that team. He was, but it, it just feels like both sides have moved on at this yeah. point. And who knows? Maybe they circle back uh, in the next day or two and, and try to mend fences. Because that's the thing about the, these things. It's like they, even if they're, the, the reports come out that they're going to test the waters, test free agency, that doesn't mean he's not going to stick around. It just means he can't sign an eight-year deal type of thing. Yeah, exactly. So he can't, he can't sign a max deal, but... There's not many players who get eight-year deals, regardless, so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Uh, let's finish up this this topic with Darcy Kemper. Mm-hmm. And this goalie market looks a bit different. Marc-Andre Fleury is staying in Minnesota. So now the question is, okay, so Darcy Kemper, they couldn't afford him in, Car- in Colorado, but, man, I don't like that goaltending situation right now. Georgia and, and, and Francois, not not my favorite goalie deal. No, but I, I, I wonder if the Avs looked at the market and said, we're going to get either priced out of Kemper or we're going to have to pay too much for Kemper. Mm. So we got to move on. Yeah, which and, is you know, Francois 
played pretty decent mm-hmm. in the playoffs when Kemper was injured. And yeah, statistically, it was a bit of a nightmare in the game Edmonton. It could it could have uh, been worse. Yeah, or, or, sorry, just, it could have been better. His numbers were not great. Right, but he got the job done four games. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Um, for Kemper, you know, I wonder if Washington's interested. They have uh, to be. They, you know, they, you know, they dealt Vanacek, uh, and you know, Samsonov has not proven himself to be an NHL starter yet. No. And again, you know, Washington, that's one of those teams that we talk about them trying to prolong their window as long as they can in, in, in their case, the Ovechkin era. Now, Nicholas Backstrom's health status is probably going to be a big factor yes. in how competitive they think they'll be. But that's a huge X factor. We don't know right now. Uh, and then, of course, Edmonton would be another one. You know, there's kind of an expectation that... Um, you know, Mike Smith might not be ready to go for next season. And if you're the Oilers, I mean, goaltending was already an issue. And now you might be down a guy. Um, but you're in your window to win. Mm-hmm. Kemper, obviously, uh, more of a bend-don't-break goalie. He's not going to steal a lot of games for you. But, I mean, for the Oilers, they just need somebody that won't lose games for them at this point. Yeah, that's the very basic for them as far as go team is there. But yeah, Kemper hit or miss through his career, but a lot of highs. And yep. he won the Stanley Cup. And there was a report of him having to retrain his eyes. And he still played pretty decent, given yeah. that. He he essentially outdueled Vasilevsky in a few games, which is tough to do for a guy who, like, I have eye problems. I can tell you, it's not a lot of fun. And, and being an NHL goalie. Can't imagine it's a lot of good, uh, a lot of fun there. Indeed. But this goalie market, you're, there's a lot of teams. New Jersey, obviously, a team that will mm-hmm. be the conversation. It's like this when it comes to him and Jack Campbell, the conversations are kind of the same. It's true. It's like wh- whoever doesn't get one is going to go after the other. Yeah. And assuming Toronto doesn't bring back Campbell, which uh, they they got some cap space to make that work, yeah. so he could still go back and, and Kemper could go to Toronto. So, go uh, it, it really depends on which these guys are worth. And that's the thing about goalies. I think teams need to be more wary on giving these guys big contracts because mm. of how, like, oh, man, like, did you just, Carey Price arguably deserved his contract. But, yeah. man, that's going to, just the, la- the way the last season's gone and what the future. And that's the thing is you never know what's going to happen. The same thing with Sergei Bobrovsky in yeah. Florida. I mean, Well, everyone knew that better. was pretty bad. <laughs> Everybody but Florida. Um, you know, I mean, he was better this year, but. You know, in the past, it was like that was the most untradeable contract in hockey. And see, it still probably is. And if Spencer Knight just continues to progress, mm-hmm. it might not even be Bobrovsky's fault that he's not the starting goalie next year. And yep. then it's like, well, you still can't trade him. Yeah. And without that contract, maybe you're 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 guaranteeing Giroux. Maybe you're guaranteeing like it's it's there tough. So goalies are very tough, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. There's one player I want to specifically focus on here, and that's Evgeny Malkin. And yep. Is this the end of an era in Pittsburgh? We have, they saw Crosby, obviously. Yeah. But is this the end for Malkin in Pittsburgh? Well, I mean, it looked pretty bleak there for a while, and now we're hearing talks might be back on, mm-hmm. and maybe everyone's kind of pulling back from the brink there. It it would really it would look odd to see Malkin in anything other than Pittsburgh black and gold. But do you enjoy when that happens when guys are on long term like in, with one team in a long time and then they switch? I, like a Ginla going and switching around the last couple of years felt weird. But. Yeah, it did feel weird. Yeah, and you know I get it if you're like chasing a cup, but I mean Malkin has his rings, yeah. 
So for me, the opportunity to play for one franchise your entire career and to do to do it at a Hall of Fame level, mm-hmm. not a lot of players can say that. It's it's pretty impressive. Uh, like Gretzky didn't do it. No, oh. <laughs> you know, Yager um, didn't. Yeah, like even like Gordy Howe didn't do it. Uh, and he played in the original six. Bobby era. Orr? Like, Bobby Orr didn't do it. Yeah, exactly. You know, like you're looking at guys like Nick Lidstrom and like Mario Lemieux. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that we'll probably see with Crosby mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh. And those guys have been linked for so long. It would be pretty cool if Malkin did it as well. And, I mean, Chris Letang, another yep. player who's already re-signed with Pittsburgh. So... It would be great if the Penguins could find a way of making it happen. If they don't, the team I'm intrigued by, I wonder if Carolina would jump on him. Okay. Because, you know, they have an owner in Tom Dundon who is willing to uh, make bold moves and he's willing to spend money if it makes sense. And if you look at that lineup, they should be contending for a Stanley Cup. Yeah. If you're. Top two centers are Malkin and Sebastian Ajo. You're in good shape. Yes. Especially with the wingers they have and mm-hmm. the and the defense core they have. I'm still worried about their goaltending. I don't I don't like how uh old and injury of you know susceptible they are. Yeah. But who knows? You also have Pierre Kachetkov who could maybe pull off a Matt Murray for them if they if he had to. Um but that's sort of my dark horse because you know Carolina does have cap space as mm-hmm. well and uh you know if malcolm went anywhere i think carolina would be a very intriguing landing spot especially with jordan stall as the yeah. third line center. which that'd be kind of cool that'd be amazing then they gotta get crossbow at some point um <laughs> so he he had 42 points this year in 41 games so he's over point per game uh so he played well when he did and he seems to play his best hockey when crosby's not in the lineup right but do you know the last year he played 70 games that's a great question how long has it been 10 years wow 2011-2012 was the last season. And he had 109 points that year. Hmm. So one of his best seasons of his career uh, was – that was the year I believe he beat Stamkos for the uh, MVP when Stamkos got like a billion goals. I might mm. be wrong. Um, but so at a guy who's 35, you're not really expecting a lot of more healthy years for a guy who's been injury-prone for so long. Mm-hmm. He's very rarely – and like last year was a shortened season to begin with. But even the year before yeah. that, played 55 games out of, of the 60-something that they had. So he has not played – oh, you know what? My bad. He did play 78 in 2017-18. My bad. Okay, so once in the last decade. Yeah. Not a lot. All right. uh, so it, it's something where it, – it's, it's definitely buyer beware. But, yeah, there's risk. Uh, the only – Upshot with a player like Malkin is we know that elite players, players of his caliber, tend to keep performing longer than the average Which is true. NHL. Which is true. Yeah. Um, so this is someone where I, I still think he'll play a couple more good years of hockey. And if he's, it, it, let's say he plays a full game and he can only do 65, 70 points going forward. You know what? He's still bringing value to a team that mm-hmm. needs as much secondary scoring options as they can get. Yep. And the Penguins are kind of near the end here. Like yeah. this, this run's going to be good. So you can't really sign him to a couple-year contract without looking at potentially trading him down the line. Yeah, yeah. But is he just going to sign a one-year deal? I don't know. I don't think he's interested in a one-year deal. So yeah. if this is it, like, how many more years can Pittsburgh do this? Well, I mean, you know, they just committed to Latang. So, I mean, clearly they feel like they've got at least, like, 
three, four more years. I don't. I'm, I don't. I'm not, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. But uh, I mean, they still think they're in win now mode. And, and again, when you have Crosby, you might as well go for it every year. Yeah. Right. So no, I agree. Um, so we'll see. This is an interesting one for uh, for Pittsburgh because I, I it would be weird seeing him somewhere else. But it's not like he hasn't been in the trade rumor mill for like ten years. I saw right. one of my Facebook posts a couple of days ago of saying of him being linked to all these different teams, and it's like, yeah, it's it's. That kind of surrounded him for a while. And a lot of it was like, oh, can they make this work with Crosby and Malcolm make a lot of money? And mm-hmm. They clearly did. Yeah. But we'll see. Maybe, maybe they'll say, hey, like, we want you to lead sh- be our leader to uh, these young guys. Because we don't have a ton of great prospects yet. And, nope. But you could be the guy that kind of is the bridge. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. So we'll see where he goes. Which team is under the most pressure to make a move this week? And I like this one because there's a few. There certainly is. I'm going to go with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yep. And, you know, it was. I would say it was a tough weekend for them, you know, having to give up a first-round pick to get rid of Peter Mrazek's contract. Um, you know, not not great, especially since they had to do the same thing with Patrick Marlowe just a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So you're essentially, you've been giving up assets over your own mistakes. Mm-hmm. And and then, of course, you see Nassim Kadri win the Stanley Cup. Um, Castle's done it a few times. It seems like every time they Castaway yeah. leaves, they win. Yeah, exactly. So I think there's a lot of pressure on GM Kyle Dubas and his team to make sure that they give Coach Sheldon Keefe everything he needs to go for the Stanley Cup next year. And obviously, the biggest priority is goaltending. Whether they can bring back Jack Campbell or whether they have to bring in somebody new... Darcy Kemper, for example, you know, I know Bill Guerin said that Cam Talbot is under contract and that's that, but that doesn't mean that they couldn't trade him Mm -hmm. uh, in the future. I don't know if there's a great answer out there. I I believe in Jack Campbell. I think Jack Campbell would be the answer. Uh, I know there are doubters out there, but for me, that's, you know, everybody loves him in the dressing room. He had some tremendous highs for the team. I think his lows were predicated on injury that had not been, um, you know, I think he was probably hurt before he actually went on the shelf. That's kind of like the understanding. Yeah, yeah. So for me, you know, like, keep it simple. Just re-sign Jack Campbell. If that's not going to happen, then you better find a really good option because – this is your window. I mean, Matthews just won the heart. You know, Mitch Marner was one of the top scorers in the league. This is your time to do it. Mm-hmm. You don't want to miss that window. And especially with, you know, Florida in cap trouble, Tampa Bay has lost uh, some pretty big pieces already, uh, specifically Ryan McDonough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Boston looks like they're on the wane. Like, you got to make your move before some of the rebuilding teams in your division actually rebuild for me my picks them into oilers and this is do you know how many forwards are currently signed as of the time of this recording mm, it's not many i know that seven yeah so they have more than that so ryan mcleod just to put the rv kill yamamoto vander kane are kind of the forwards there to look at uh on defense you know brett kulak played well for them chris russell is older uh so we'll see kind of how what they do there goalies the only goalie they have signed is mike smith he not, might not even play next year mm-hmm. uh, and Stuart skinner but um just technically, I guess, an AHLer. Um, so to me, this is a team that's got $15 million in cap space, and they got to figure out how to make that work. Mm. Um, they're going to have to be in the conversation for a goalie because if they have if they have Darcy Kemper, yeah. do you think 
well, I guess they played Colorado, so that's not fair. But like, let's say their goaltending was a bit better, and they weren't yeah. relying on 400-year-old Mike Smith and the backup being Mike Miko Koskinen. Uh-huh. This is a team that I, I'd have to say with a better goalie would have done even better in the playoffs. They wouldn't have been swept. No, they wouldn't have been yeah. swept, which is already better than yeah. the alternative. Yeah. Um, but it's like they this has been a concern for them for a while. And they, they'll get these good little runs from Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen, and then it's yeah. like, okay, maybe we could rely on these. And in spurts, that worked. Mm-hmm. I also don't think the question, the answer is Stuart Skinner next year either. This is a guy who doesn't have a ton of experience. Yeah, he can't. Is he the? You can't be the guy leading there. So then you look at the goalie market. It's not great. Mm. Do they somehow make a run for Barlamov? If 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 the Islanders do end up exploring that trade, is, would John Gibson be the answer? I think no. <laughs> so it's that's a tough position. But then mm. you also got to sign. Yamamoto, you got to deal with what Puliyarvi if he's getting traded or not. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a Vander Kane where we'll see what contract he gets. To me, that's a team that's got a lot of work, but they've got the two the the talent to make this work. Yes. If Cody Cece could play like he did during the playoffs all the time, mm-hmm. man, Cody Cece has been is that's a great thing for them. Yeah. Tyson Berry again, he's got some good moments there. He's got two more years on his contract. Arnold Nurse will be healthy and. That's the other thing. I think the Oilers would have had a better playoff run. Or a better Western Conference final if Darnell Nurse wasn't for playing sure. like 3% of his ability. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then you're going to expect Bouchard and Broberg to, to play bigger roles going yeah. forward. So uh, this team's got a lot of talent. And they're, mm-hmm. they're not too far. They just got to make everything work this summer. And I feel like we keep saying that, though. That's kind right. of the thing. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, that defense core is evolving in a positive way. and that And just team defense in general hasn't been great for the Oilers in the past, but they are improving there. And yeah, the goaltending, it's it's been a while since they've had someone who was like rock solid all the time. So and and I mean that's the big challenge in the NHL. Like I'm not sure how many goalies I actually trust in that capacity. It's probably like, you know, only a half dozen really. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really like chaotic time when it comes to net mining in the NHL. So it's it's tough, but I agree that, you know, Edmonton Now's the time to strike. They, at this point, with the talent they have, if McDavid and Dreisaitl continue to put up playoff performances for the ages every mm-hmm. year, it your goaltending just needs to be better than average. Yeah. And Smith wasn't necessarily that in the West Conference final. I'd say he was at points against Calgary, other than like that game one, which was sure, pretty sure. ugly. And, and, and he had some good moments. But uh, I'd say that they just need better than average goaltending, and I think this group will be a true contender. And mm-hmm. they're going to be a contender for a few years. It's a good thing about guys like McDavid and Drysaddle, their window is open for a while. Oh, yeah. But don't waste those years. Yeah, You guys could probably win a couple if, if everything works out. So it's hard not to get excited when you look at the Oilers offseason, but it's nervous times. So Indeed. we'll see what they do. Um, the top UFA bargain pick for this year. And this year when I was looking for this, it felt tough. Mm-hmm. Um, you could look at Mason March. Well, I guess Mason Marchman was already with the Panthers last year, but right. he signed a new deal worth nothing. Turns out to be an almost 50-point guy. And that's the second time I mentioned it, obviously, very sad news going on with Brian Marchman. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, my pick, P.K. Subban. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to know your thoughts on that. But Subban's a guy that that contract looked terrible in, yes. in the last couple of years. Clearly not defenseman. He, he, he was at one point and probably will never be. But he still has value. He still has his moments. He still can rush the puck. He can still play power play. He can still do a lot of things. I think this is a guy that's going to sign a short-term deal, not a lot of money, and approve me, which at, at his age, I believe he's like 30, 31, not exactly what you want to see, but someone where like he's 
He's a Norris Trophy winner. He's, he's done. He's done a lot of these. He's done a lot. Had a really good runs. Maybe he goes back to Montreal. That seems to be the team that he's being linked to, which would be really funny. Um, but it's something that I think when he, if he was to return, would be very well appreciated. Yeah, I, sp- I, I think so. And and now that they traded Roman off away, they need to address the defense, the defense situation. Very true. Their, their blue line today, compared to three days before the trade deadline, looks much different. Indeed. But um, yeah, Subban's my pick. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, for me, it all comes down to dollar amount because I think he needs to prove to the NHL that he's not cooked. He can't be like three and a half. It's got to be like a million dollars. But I'd say even two million could be. Uh, yeah, sure. Depending on the, yeah, I guess if you have if you have that space, but you don't want to get locked into anything that you cannot get rid of out. easily, just in case. Um, mine's Noel Achari. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was interesting. You were saying before the podcast that year, a few years ago when Edward Fraser was doing this very same podcast, that was his pick that mm-hmm. year. Uh, and the Florida Panthers ended up getting him and, and got some great value. You know, it, it ended off tough for him because mm-hmm. he got hurt this year and he kind of lost his spot yes. on the fourth line. But what I like about Noel Achari is that he knows exactly what his game is. And he's very good at doing that. Mm-hmm. He's a bottom six center. And I think that, you know, he could be a pretty great third liner uh, or an excellent fourth liner. Mm-hmm. But he's the kind of guy that, you, you know, he's not going to cost you a lot of money, but you're going to get a lot of value from him. And, you know, what was interesting to me, he averaged 12 minutes a game this year. He only played 20 because of his injuries. Uh, but he had eight points. So it's like, if he was healthy, you're looking at a guy that, you know, on a fourth line is still getting you about 35 points. And obviously he's doing lots of other little mm-hmm. things, physical guy, you know, maybe you get him killing penalties, mm-hmm. he's going to block shots for you. Um, to me, that's the kind of free agent that you want. You know, it's like, we love the splashy guys, but you, you always kind of recognize that you're paying too much for too long mm-hmm. with free agents. Yep. I feel that Charlie's the kind of guy that, the deal makes sense, and both sides benefit. I like that. Now, on the flip side, the most overvalued player. Mm-hmm. And I want your opinion, your player first, because I, I've actually changed my player oh, since okay. the start of this episode. So who's your pick? Well, I'm going to go with Darcy Kemper. All right. Yeah, uh, because we know that the goalie market is going to be way too hot. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, as you mentioned earlier, you know, he was retraining his eyesight during the Stanley Cup final. If I'm a Stanley Cup contender, that makes me super nervous. Um, so do you take that risk and hope that everything works out during the season? Um, uh, for me, it's buyer beware. Yep. And I know he's going to get paid and I know he's going to get term because teams need number mm-hmm. one goalies. But that would give me quite a bit of pause just because of the uncertainty. Any injuries in this area? The head injury, the yes. head, it, those are not fun. And yes. that's something where you got to hope he's going to be 100% again. Mm-hmm. He was not 100% in that cup final. No. But he also had, he was out multiple times. My original pick was Valerie Nutrishkin. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's because for as good of a playoff and how good a regular season, if he leaves Colorado, how good of a player is he going to be? We know he's got a lot of value as a two way forward, but yeah. if he's no longer going to be playing with, with McKinnon. McKinnon and guys <laughs> like that, uh, is he going to get 50 points? I don't think so. I, I would expect to talk down, but he brings the value other ways. Yeah. For me, though, I'm going to go with Josh Manson, uh, someone who I thought he was very valuable for that Avalanche team. Certainly. He looked really good, finally played on a team that was competitive after years of kind of being in Anaheim. 
He's a big defenseman, physical defenseman. It takes a lot of penalties. Not a huge offensive impact. I'm worried that he's going to get like six, seven million dollars. Mm. And I, I, uh, the guys like him are valuable to the teams. Obviously, Colorado really loved having him there. Yeah. I feel like if he's going on the free agent market, he's going to be overvalued for the cup win, that great playoff run he had, and his physicality. And it's going to hurt because he's going to continue to take dumb penalties, which has been a kind of a theme of his. Obviously, not a huge offensive impact. Now, if he re-signed with Anaheim, yeah. would you have the same opinion or would you be okay? Because obviously no. they don't have a lot of big contracts. That no, no that, that'd be okay with. Okay. That, that's the thing. It, it truly is team dependent. Yeah. But if he's going to another contending team, I feel like yeah, you got to be careful. Then. Gotcha. Uh, but Anaheim, I see the thing is there's always a talk of when a guy gets traded, like, oh, we'll sign him again in free agency. Like, that never happens. It's rare. But I wouldn't mind that because yeah. Anaheim will eventually figure this out and their core mm-hmm. will work. And maybe he's a key part of that. Yeah. So... All right, um, your top offer sheet candidate, because that's something that uh, Matt Larkin used to talk about, how that was never a thing. And then we've seen a few. (laughs) We have seen a few. Yeah. For me, I think... Are we going to see one? I think we might. Okay. Yeah, I think we might. And uh, for me, the name to keep an eye on is Nick Haig in Vegas. You know, big defenseman, a lot of tools. Uh, and frankly, the Golden Knights just don't have cap space. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, they've signed all these big veterans, and there's going to be a squeeze. So for them, I mean, I, I know they would want to keep him, but if I'm any other team, if I, if I offer Nick Haig, you know, even a little more than market value, the Golden Knights are going to have to make a big choice there. And uh, I, I just don't think they would be able to. And I know there are teams interested in him, whether it's via offer sheet or via trade. I think it's just going to come to the it's going to come to a head pretty quickly in free agency, where somebody's going to force Vegas to make a move. Okay, another name I thought right off the bat, Andrew Mitchaboni, uh, uh, just because. It, but this would be in the we are being jerks to you Montreal right, Carolina right. style thing because it's like we know it's going to be tough for you to make keep this whole lineup together. True. Let's mess with you. But he brings a lot of goals. Probably isn't going to be too expensive. Mm. Um, you know, like that's someone to me. Um, but yeah, Nick Hank, I like that one. That was one of the names I thought right kind of off the bat, and it's someone where you would kind of screw Vegas a little bit. But it would. But you would be getting a great asset. It's like you wouldn't just be doing it to mess with. No, no, you, you yeah. which is supposed to be the thing. You're supposed to be trying to make your team right. better. Yeah, exactly. You're not like the RFAs that are getting offer sheets aren't nobodies. We're yeah. not getting a guy who's going to make eight hundred thousand dollars as an offer sheet. It's the, the players that are of value. Yeah, yeah. So there is that. All right, that's it for those topics. Uh, we got some viewer questions. I really like these ones. Um, this one's fun from Ralph Zontran. Who's the worst free agent signing in the cap era? All right. Well, I know your answer, so I went a different way. Which is funny because I don't know if you saw the my player that I mentioned a minute it was in the news that. today. That's right. Uh, I'm going with Vili Leno. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, that was like a classic one. Six years, twenty-seven million dollars, which now doesn't sound like a lot, Mm-mm. but keep in mind this was like a decade ago, um, and the cap was a lot lower. Yes. Fifty-three points in eighty-one games for Philadelphia. Then he signs with the Sabres for that big deal. In the next three seasons, he had 46 points total. And <laughs> I actually then, forgot that. I forgot that part. Yeah. And then they bought him out, and he never played. I don't think he ever played in the NHL again. I think he went to Europe after that. Sounds right. Yeah, so that, would, that to me is kind of the classic. Uh, 
UFA blender. For me, it's Wade Redden. Um, he signed a six-year deal, $6.5 million uh, in 2008 with the Rangers. He played only two seasons in the NHL. Goes down to the AHL for a couple seasons. They, they let him go, and he ends up going to play a little bit in St. Louis and a little bit in Boston. Mm. Now he's back for Ottawa in a management role. Uh, yes. So that yeah, was kind of development cool. uh, coaching role. Yeah. So that's that's kind of cool, but uh, yeah, that one did not work out well for the New York For uh, was this around the time that yeah, it was like right after they signed Chris Drury. Yeah, a little bit later. Yeah, and um, Scott Gomez. And Scott Gomez. Yeah. So they were going for it. They were going for it. Didn't, Didn't really work out. So uh, next question from Paul: uh, What was the most interesting thing you learned at the NHL draft? Yeah. Well, you, it's funny because you. You briefly mentioned it earlier, and that was I had no idea that Ivan Marashnichenko and R- Rucker McGordy were friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, you know, they had a big embrace behind the scenes after they were both drafted in the first round. And actually, Mike Morielli from NHL.com, uh, he found a, a picture where it was those two and Matt Savoy when they were all nine Ooh, at a tournament. That's cool. I did not know that. Yeah, I re- I think I retweeted it. Um, but yeah, so clearly they've they've known each other for years, and I wonder too. Rucker McGordy's dad uh, works for the Muskegon Lumberjacks in the mm-hmm. USHL, and oh. they did draft Marashnichenko and tried to get him over. Mm-hmm. There's a paperwork snafu, so it didn't end up happening a, a couple of years ago now. Uh, but that, that's fun. It's fun to see the connections that like you didn't know about. Yeah. So I, that's that's that was my big learn. There was a few. There was um uh, was it Lane Hudson and George Figueres? I couldn't figure out how those two would know each other. Because uh, they played very different paths to the NHL yeah. draft, so I don't know. Um, see, I, I I didn't have a good answer for this one. It's uh, a tough one, but it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think honestly, the best answer would be just how many cool connections there were between players. Yeah, um, and it was cool because uh, Owen Beck was doing his um, his post draft interview, and he's a Saga Steel uh, product, and then Luca Della Belus comes up, and I guess they didn't get a chance to embrace each other after they both drafted the way the format works. Um, yeah. But they got to have like the like a hug out at the and at the press conference, which was nice. kind of cool. So it was cool just to kind of seeing all these players. Like it, it's you got guys who were were enemies on the ice, but they appreciate. Hey, we're NHL prospects. We're NHL draft picks. That's pretty cool. Indeed. So, all right, that's it for all the questions. It is time for rapid fire, a fan favorite here. Right. This is my favorite question. Let's do the it. best food you had on your hockey travels over the past month. Over the past month, wow. Including the cup final, including the draft. Yeah. You know what? I'm still going to go back to the ribs at that. I think it's called Breckenridge or Breckenridge. The, the restaurant attached to Ball Arena oh, in yeah, Colorado. Yeah. Uh, that They hosted the first media lunch of the Stanley Cup final. They had incredible ribs. And, and actually, those impossible meatballs as well <sighs> were incredible. Um, and they had ice cream sundaes, which was a nice little, uh, you know, treat. So I'm, I'm going to go with that one. There was a lot of good food, but that one to me was tops because I'm a big rib guy. See, that those were very good. The meatballs were very good. I almost had the Reese's cake we had in one of the media meals. Right. But I ended up going with the Sliceworks pizza, uh, the specifically the barbecue chicken one. Oh, oh no, not the barbecue chicken one. No, the, the meat one, the one that like folded over and was like. The, yeah, it was like the double yeah, pizza. Yeah, yeah. yeah, man, that was so filling. That was incredibly filling. We got two slices each, almost thinking, oh, this might not be a lot. Oh, yeah, it yeah. was a lot. Because that one slice was kind of like somehow four slices. 
Yes. Like so, it felt like that much pizza. I hope everyone listening to this has no idea what any of this food looks like. Like, <laughs> anybody, yes. I bet anybody in Denver would know Sliceworks. Apparently that's a very popular place. Yeah. And there was a few people there when we got there. I don't yeah, know. It's near so. the ballpark. So it's very, yeah, very true. Um, will Flurry end the season with more wins than Cam Talbot or fewer? Ooh, I'm, I'm going to say more. I think they're going to run with Flurry for the most part. Uh, and then there's also the possibility, like, does Talbot end the season in Minnesota? Okay. Right? Yeah. Because, I mean, like we've been saying, the goalie market is so hot. If you have a guy that has been a starter in the past, you know, if you need to pull the trigger and get some assets, get some, get a need somewhere else in your lineup, I could see it happening. Yeah. I'm going to go Flurry also. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like, again, it's going to be a tough, if you try, it's like, if you can't trade him, like, in the next couple of days, it's interesting to see how the goalie market changes. Yeah. So you kind of want to have your goalie pretty early in the free agency. You don't want to be figuring out your starting goalie like months later. So nope. This one, I uh, I made you listen to a lot of music I like uh, on the way to the trip. Yeah. What's the best song we listened to on the ride to Montreal? The best song we listened to on the way. Not uh, on the way back. Not on the way back. Uh, on the way was uh, Mr. Motivator by Idols. Okay. Yeah. And I actually listened to that again the other night because I love that song. And I love snarky, uh, you know, post-punk from uh, the UK. So on the way back, we made Mike Stevens listen to some Pig Destroyer and yeah. some other Dying Fetus, some other bands. And some. he was definitely confused. Um, he yeah. thought all the songs were the same. Uh, for yeah, me, I'm go- my, my favorite moment was talking about more than a feeling and then more than a feeling came on and played. that was amazing that was pretty funny yes so uh that was that's kind of like one of my favorite like road trip songs it's just good at all times yeah um so lots to talk about the master puppet scene from stranger things indeed and we talked about last week yeah what's the best musical moment in a tv show you know what i'm gonna stick with stranger things and i'm gonna go back to the I, the previous season at the end where they found out that Dustin's girlfriend was real. If you don't watch the show, Spoiler. then you get it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, him and Susie, the girlfriend, sing the theme song to the never-ending story <laughs> over the like CB radio. Okay. And uh, it helps them save the world. That was like an incredible moment for me. For me, uh, and it's something you probably have never seen, or maybe F. Um, it, there was an episode of the of SpongeBob where they, uh, it's kind of like the Super Bowl type of thing. And it was a couple years ago. There was all this talk. Oh, can we get like SpongeBob and everything on the Super Bowl? They played "Sweet Victory," this song they made, and it was a super epic song. We got to hear SpongeBob singing with uh, some different voice. It was a great moment for Squidward, uh, and it became a very um, internet favorite. Um, just a couple of years ago, obviously, nice. like early 2000s when that song came out. So that's my pick. Nice. Um, and last but not least, the best recurring Simpsons character. Best recurring Simpsons character. Ooh, yeah, okay. Not a main cast. I not a main cast. I mean, Sideshow Bob, I would say. Those episodes were always like classics, and Kelsey Grammer is such a perfect voice for that. But like, if you think about like the Cape Fear episode, just that one alone was amazing and like the the one with the the air show that was a pretty flawless episode as well so i'll go sideshow bob so that's the best is it your favorite i would say i would say it's both because i can't think of i'm trying to think of anybody else recurring that i liked better and it's tough to think right now um 
But I would say that certainly the best. And I would put him up there as a favorite. See, my favorite is not a key character whatsoever. Hans Molman. Um, also a good one. Because uh, he's always there for the stupidity and the laughs. And True. I think it works out very well. And uh, I like the one where they had the movie where he got hit in the balls with the, 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 the football. <laughs> right. I think that's a great scene. A great, great. Th- that movie should have made theaters. Yeah. All like 10 seconds of it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, Hans Molman's my favorite. So. Nice. That's it for uh, free agency slash movies and television. I it's it was tough thinking about TV show ones because I can think of a lot of movie ones. Sure, but in TV shows you're very limited yeah. uh, in in the time, so you don't want to waste a lot of a lot of it on a music number. Unless you're the show Riverdale, then you seem to make in musical episodes uh, every few episodes. I only watched Sabrina. I didn't watch Riverdale. Well. Don't watch Riverdale, uh, which we have talked about on the show already. But thank you, everyone, for watching, listening, however you consumed it. We will have a, uh, a recap episode shortly after kind of the first day to kind of talk about the biggest signings and uh, a lot more content coming uh, to the website and our social media. So uh, see you again soon.